Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here it is, the 19th of September, 2023. Yep. So what does that mean? It didn't mean anything. <laughs> just a good date. Timestamp for just the a, show. Just a timestamp for the show. Well, thank you very much for that. So uh, let's see. What do we got? We got a couple things happening tonight. We got a big announcement. Announcement of the new closest to the pin competition this week. And we had it's a lot about of time. Yeah, we had a lot of selection of different names to put on there. And I think one of them or two, we had about three names, about two of them we've done before. This one that we put on, which you got to stay tuned to hear, is... Um, I think the last time we did it was like two and a half years ago. Uh, a so, rerun. Yep, yep, yep. So we have plenty of uh, interesting in, in uh, we, have, we have new legislation that's up for a vote. There's, there's a couple different things that are happening that I think that deserve a little discussion. Uh, retail seems worried about the holiday season. They're, uh, the hiring trends look, it's interesting. You know what, what I find fascinating about the, the media, the news, the reports, the headlines is that Monday, let's say Monday, oh, you know, retail. Uh, they're going to be hiring so much less than they were in the previous year and this and that. And then Tuesday, Amazon hiring 300,000 for the holidays. <laughs> wow. You know, just crazy stuff like that. Nothing to sneeze at, that's right. for sure. It's crazy. I mean, it's interim, it's temporary. But still, the point is that it, it's it, it's there's no memory. There's nothing that is consistent it's whatever the news is of now is what's get, what's people are excited about. They used to call you know Kramer. They used to call him the uh, he 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 was the priest of the church of what's happening now. That's it. Because, sounds, yeah, it sounds right. Right, because the next day you know today ah I think Microsoft is wonderful stock. Oh, tomorrow overvalued. <laughs> Just stupid stuff like that. We have an update on Clorox. Ah, uh, yes, Clorox. Yep, and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the Fed decision. Markets on hold. Worried about what could happen if the Fed does this or that or surprises markets, or maybe if they don't, that's bad, but maybe it's good, and it will be deciphered, and well, eventually they'll figure out, they'll, they'll find a way to say that it's good. Yeah, that's for sure, but we've all, we've been predicting this accurately for the last 10 years. What, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think, you know, this one's interesting because I think that what should happen. All right. So I'll give you two. What should happen? He probably should raise 25 basis points. What's going to happen is he's going to stand pat and say that they are reliant on the data. They're probably going to upgrade the economy. What does everybody think? Are you asking the audience? They can't actually say anything right now. No, not the audience, but the experts. <laughs> on the, it, it. Uh, it's about a 95% chance that there will not be a rate hike, and usually the Fed doesn't go against the Fed fund futures. That would be considered a surprise, and the Fed never likes to surprise. So what that means is the Fed fund futures market is the one that's really dictating the rate process if they don't like the surprise. So the street says no change. No change. Well, I was, they were hinting they were going to do a 25% or uh, 25 basis thinking, points. Uh, basis points, I mean, obviously. <laughs> uh, 25 basis points 
up because the, that, with the argument that, well, you know, it's better to do it now than later. Yeah, well, I, I think that there was a surprise increase by, what was it, the Bank of England came out and, and, and raised, Canada raised, and um, there's some concern, like areas like Japan, things are getting a little bit wonky with the currency differentials. And they're concerned about that. The yuan keeps on falling. There's problems there. So I think there is some scope for the Fed to say, you know what? Uh, we see weakness around. We know that mortgage applications have plummeted. We know that the builder's confidence survey dropped. We know that we're seeing some things get a little bit softer finally because it takes, you know, what they call the transmission mechanism of the Fed funds is a slow one. It takes a long time to get in the economy. That's why the whole ridiculousness of transitory inflation was so unbecoming of the Fed because we know that it takes a while to steer the ship and to change direction. Yeah, it's a big boat. Big boat. And changing direction would take an awful long time and a lot of energy expended to change the direction of that inertia, if nothing else. Even if even if the props are off, the inertia keeps carrying it for some time. And, and not at just a slow speed. I mean, it goes. So I think they're going to probably hold. They're probably going to upgrade the economy. They're going to talk about how they see a lot of indicators like the persistently strong uh, trend of employment. But yet, the latest number, 3.8, that we saw last month, uh, or the, for for August, um, you know, was pretty uh, substantially increased from the three point was five that it was three point four I think was the low. So yeah. there, there, there's a bit of a change there, but that could be a statistical aberration. Well, that whole unemployment rate it is a statistical aberration. <laughs> the whole the whole series is is an aberration, isn't it? It's a made up yeah. hocus pocus crapola. Let's be honest. But, well, I can tell you from the traffic that we're in a uh, an economy that's moving along. Yeah, there's no question about that. My traffic index. I mean, if you see things like, I mean, it is supply side, but what's going on with oil? Oil, we predicted 92 last week, right? Hit 92 on the button, a little bit higher, and then kind of coasted down back to just above 90 today. So it jammed up into 92 and then fell back down. So yeah, that's what's happening. Markets ugly and uh, uh, kind of an ugly story this week. Markets are spooked on inflation, economy, bond yields higher, four point three. What is it? Four point three five, three four percent on the ten year. Again, oil moving higher. But uh, Wednesday tomorrow is the Fed day. Today was the first part of the meeting, and uh, there's a two day meeting. What happens is the Fed convenes. They have a little breakfast, I guess. They have a little discussion. They have a smoke. They have a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of a, of a two martini lunch. They talk about, you know, how's how's the fam? You know, what are you doing? What do you think we should do? I mean, I don't know how long it takes to review all the data they should have reviewed prior to the meeting. You'd think. <laughs> Nothing's changing. They like to get together. They get together. They spend a little time. They have a little dinner, maybe a little sushi. Then they get together the next day again. Maybe they have a little shuffleboard, racquetball, I don't know, doing something to get the, the, the blood flowing into uh, get the, um, the, the minutes written up of what the decision or the get the decision written up so that it can be read at two o'clock. Now we can sit back from two to two thirty 
and assess the reaction of the markets so that we can then counter the areas that may be concerning by the news media in our 2.30 press conference. You see how that works? Yeah, what's going to happen if they do nothing, which is what everyone seems to think. If they do nothing, I think that the, the market's going to skyrocket. I don't know about skyrocket, but I think they'll be uh, airing on the at side at least three hundred points. You think? Okay, well, we dropped. I mean, three fifty yesterday. That's the point. It's going to make up for what it yeah. did. So four hundred in the two days. So make up some of that. I would think, unless they come out with very strong wording on the future and on the concerns, because there is a lot of inflationary data. Now they'll probably. So so the biggest component is. It's, there's a few things. There's food and there's energy, but they can discount that because they have a series that's X food and energy. Because you and I don't pay for food and energy. Nah. It's not part of what we spend money Free. on. Yes. So that doesn't matter. Uh, they'll talk about that and now the X food and energy is, is really uh, coming in very nicely. So the core, which is shelter and all that. And then I think try to they're not, God forbid, they say the word transitory, but they're going to say that it's temporary um, increase in the oil prices, which is a supply side, not a demand side issue, and that will resolve. So they say. Be. So they say. Yeah, we, so they're going would, to say. Yeah, that's what they'd say. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see that 2 o'clock tomorrow is when Powell will be releasing the 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 rate decision and his notes, and the 2.30 is the official press conference where it's great to watch because, you know, you have the same clods asking the same questions about the future. Uh, and then um, going into like 3.30 into the end of the market, there's a lot of ups and downs to play with. A lot of fun. The UAW strike is entering, I don't know, what is it now? It's uh, the, the second, uh, is it called the second week. It's really a week, but it's the second week of the strike. And now there's all, can it, you are a man that remembers strikes over history and been involved in unions and all that, right? That's me. That's you. In fact, I've I've been a member of the UAW in two different uh, locals. You have a carrier picket sign? No. You have a you have a going strike? Mm -mm, no. I did. You want to you hear this story? <laughs> this is oh, that, I'm all ears. So ridiculous! So ridiculous! I started out in 1980. Oh wait, I take it back. When I was in high school, oh, we had at Logan High, we had a student walkout, which okay. is kind of like yeah. a strike. Exactly. I'll, I'll give that credit. Yeah, I think that would be uh, that would be uh, the equivalent. I'm trying to think if there's any other. Mo no, I don't think so. So I was 20 years old. I was living in New York. I was working in a in a in Bayside, Queens, at a John Hancock office. One of my first introductions to the financial services business. And it was a special kind of uh, outfit. It was called a debit. A debit, whereas traditionally there was a guy, the insurance guy would have a geographic area that he owned or was in charge of. And he would go knocking on doors and collect 50 cents and a dollar and mark you up in the book. You know that, what I'm talking about? Vaguely. Come to the house, Mr. Dvorak, your insurance this week is a dollar. You know, I, I get the dollar from you. I mark you off in the book. I bring it back to the office. Well, that was the, the debit. Anyway. Uh, so for whatever reason, this, this, this insurance company and this division or was part of a, the union, the AFL-CIO, a subdivision of the Meatpackers Union. I'm thinking, yeah. I don't even understand what's, I, I don't, I'm 20 years old. What do I know from this? Right. And uh, one day they're like, yeah, hey, uh, Horowitz. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're going on strike. I'm like, 
Why? I don't understand. Well, we're going on strike. We're demanding. We're part of. I'm like, uh, we're on commission, dudes. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And who cares if an insurance guy goes out on strike? Now they're calling me a union buster. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I got like the union guys calling me. Are you? Did you go on strike or I, not? I just walked out with him. I'm like, okay, I'll walk out. If you want me to walk out of this whole thing, I'll walk out. It lasted like two days. Were you uh, in the union? I said, I guess so. It was just part of the, I was in you're the paying union. union dues? Yeah, paying, what, yeah. what, you'd have a local number? It what, was automatic. part of the meat packers? It was automatic. You know, you when you work there, you get you part of the union. How stupid is that? Yeah, I've heard of it. I, you know, people just stood outside smoking well, cigarettes. When you go to work for General Motors, you're part of the union, yeah. whether you like it or not. Yeah. Anyway, so the UAW strike is now causing all sorts of problems. Now, here's my question for you with the knowledge that you have and the depth you have and experience you have with this. President Biden has said that he will stand behind the suppliers to make sure that there's no problems from a money standpoint. You heard this, right? I didn't know what he's talking about. He First, he says it's great that they're going to do the strike because these guys have been making too much money. Heaven forbid. And uh, so their money, they're making too much profits. They made 80 billion. And these guys need to share the wealth with the 40% increase, which seemed a bit high, if you ask me, for uh, cost of living. When Biden's the one who created the cost of living issue. Mm -hmm. But if Biden will back the suppliers, doesn't that just extend the potential for the strike to go on because there's nobody in pain? I mean, if you're going to, the whole point of a strike is to hurt somebody, so they give yeah, into your demands. Yeah, the whole point of a strike is to bring somebody to their knees. Yeah, so they give into your demands, and they can't. It's cheaper to give into your demands than suffer the consequences of no sales, going out of business, yeah. probably. Yeah. I, I don't understand how Biden now is saying they're going to back the suppliers. Well, that gives it Biden the opportunity to have a strike under his belt, uh, a no hurt, hurts, nobody gets hurt strike. And he can go on and on with his concept that he's like the working man's president. Oh, the whole thing's ridiculous. The EU is leaking proof of its decisions, or it's leaking some of their decisions. We'll talk about that in all the prices we talked about. Now, um, quick commentary. Overall markets, right? In a consolidation mode, eco is relatively strong with a few pockets of, of weakness. We've seen some of the big names that were so exciting. The AIs are starting to deflate a bit. Um Consumers are starting to feel the pinch. You can see by the consumer sentiment numbers as well as the retail sales numbers. And we have several bears, big name bears, the guys that are, you know, Uber bears, always bears. Finally, They're always bears. But they finally capitulated a lot of these guys. Uh-oh. Which is a concern for me. <laughs> that means it's the that's a bad sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of, but this is another one of those one-sided things that we see, right? You know, the gas prices are, are good, good and good no matter what they are. Uh, this is one of those one-sided things that's, is never discussed, right? When bulls capitulate, uh, it's a good thing, right? When the bulls finally give in, they're like, oh, I can't handle it anymore. I'm selling everything. That's supposedly a good time to start buying. You've heard of that, right? Oh, yeah. No, all these these things are the same. When yeah. a bear capitulates, it seems it's good also. Oh, the good news is the bear has capitulated. They're finally putting their money good to time work. Time to buy. Time to buy. So it's a time to buy or it's a time to buy. Just to be clear, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. 
Yields are still rising, oil rising, China may be bottoming. That is a good sign, actually. I don't know how much worse it can get in China. I, I just don't know. It looks like it's going to get worse. It, it's, it's, it, 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 it's almost unthinkable that with the amount of people they have there, just the nature of consumption, how it can get any worse. But I guess it's possible. Inflation is slowing down, but the Fed may have more work to do. Earnings outlook, uh, hard to imagine much better from here, which is important, and, and, and the importance of a forward multiple. If, if we don't have as much growth, that may contract. The, the, the whole expansion this year was not based on earnings growth. It was based on multiple growth. In other words, people saying, eh, I'll pay more for the stock. Not because it's better. It's, it, it's kind of like, there's a shirt hanging at a store and people want to buy it and there's no enhancement made to the shirt. There's no, there's no lack of shirts, but somehow people are like, all right, I'll pay more for it. That That's what's going on with stocks. So well, that's never good. Well, what's going on is just paying higher for it. All right. The Fed heads, the federal reserve is unlikely to raise interest rates. This is the, uh, the discussion from Goldman Sachs. They said while also forecasting the U.S. Central Bank would lift its economic growth projections, they're talking about that here, when policymakers gather this week. On November, we think that further labor market rebalancing will happen, better news on inflation, and likely upcoming Q4 growth pothole will convince more participants in the Fed, the FOMC, that they can forgo a final hike this year, as we think it's ultimately will. And the investment bank strategist wrote in a report basically saying they're done. Markets are banking on no rate hike this month, but one in November. So that's what's going on. Well, then they're probably all right. <laughs> Everybody's right, right? No matter what they say, because they'll make themselves right. See, we said that there wouldn't be a rate hike, and maybe, but there could be one in November. Therefore, no matter what happens, they're right. Yeah. Now we got uh, some legislative stuff going on. The MJ bill, marijuana. You've been following this at all? The uh... No, not at all. So the Senate Banking Committee has um, now scheduled a, a legislation related to banking uh, that that is involved with, with marijuana. Uh, it's going to be a vote on, on the 27th of September. This is why some of the, or many of the marijuana stocks have been skyrocketing. So this, oh. is, this is a move that would advance uh, one of the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's top priorities to the Senate. So this is called the Safe Banking Act. They call it the Safe Banking Act because they always have to have a an acronym. Always have to have an acronym. Yeah. So it's called the Safe Banking Act, sponsored by Democratic Jeff Merkley of Oregon, has bipartisan support, including the lead Republican sponsor, Steve Daines of Montana. Backers of the legislation have been increasingly optimistic that they will exceed the 60 votes. And basically, if signed, the Safe Banking Act will enable cannabis-related businesses to transact business transact business. By other means other than cash. Yeah, they have to do this. This is overdue. Yeah. It's, in fact, it's ridiculous that it's gone this long. Explain to people that are listening that maybe don't know why cannabis-related businesses cannot take credit cards. Because the it's, uh, cannabis is still illegal under federal law, so everything related to it in terms of banking, uh, credit card, and all the rest of it, uh, it's, it's, you'd be an illegal business to do business with these people. Right. At the federal level, 
which is where the the banks and everybody they're beholding. So they can't. So a bank can't just uh, say, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do. We'll here, here's a checking account." They can't do it. It's just not doable. So they have to pass this law to bypass. I don't know why they just don't legalize it, you know, or or change the the basic law. But they're going to do it uh, in this roundabout way because it's extremely dangerous to do do a business in nothing but cash when millions of dollars are involved in cash. Not to mention is if it's all in cash, well, this is highly regulated, but you don't know what goes slipping under the taxation. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's another big one. You don't know what's going, what's what's being skimmed. So you still might not know what's being skimmed, but you have a better shot at knowing. So essentially what you're going to do is you're going to create a law that says something like, hey, uh, as long as it's legal in a state, then that will override the federal level mandate of utilizing banks. But you still can't do it in a state that's not legal. Right. You know, obviously not. You know, you can't go to your, you know, your corner guy and go, hey, I like a nickel bag. Uh, do you take Visa? You know? <laughs> So uh, then there's also credit card legislation, both related to finance going on right now. Um, I've been reading back and forth on this, and I find that this is really strange because it, to a degree from what I'm reading and how I'm reading this, it seems like this is there's a lot of, um, what would be the right word? Uh, 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 there's a lot of, uh, what's it called here? when they try to promote a single law because of their side, uh, lobby, a lot, of lobby a, lot of, a lot of lobbying going lobbying for, okay. with, with twisted information. So it's the credit card complete competition act of 2023. It would require the largest credit card issuing financial institutions in the country. Those with assets over a hundred billion dollars to enable at least two credit card networks to be used on their credit cards instead of just one. So you wouldn't have the, for example, the chase visa only It'd be chase visa, uh, and maybe another. So it can't be just, it can't be Visa and MasterCard because they have a duopoly. So it has to be one, it could be one of these and something else. So yeah, the, discover. So there's a concern here that this bill, this is the big, the, you see this all over the place. Oh, you got to, you got to write your congressman because this, if this passes, there's a concern that this bill would potentially reduce airline and other reward points. Because competition will drive transaction fee prices down and need to drop incentive programs. So, so they're calling this not That's cute. a competition thing. They're all up in arms about, oh, you, this law passes. All it is, is is to directly kill rewards programs. That's how it's being built. I like it. <laughs> what do you like? I like it. As a, as a scam, I mean, you know, it's like a reverse uh, psychology thing. Yeah, yeah. it's great. The headlines on on the socialized media is it social media? Socialized media, socialized social social. Not social. So it'd be socialized is coming. Yeah, socialized media and internet about how this bill kills uh, reward programs, but I don't know if that's ne necessarily a, a true statement. So the same le legislation failed to pass in twenty two. They're doing a they're doing a do over on it. Uh, let's see here. Did we mention that uh, since we're talking about ways to pay for things, I thought I'd probably bring up a good time to to mention that we are open for donations, and it's not illegal, right? No, Anybody not can at all. freely pay any way you'd like. Yeah, as much as you want. As much as you want, however you want. You should. We should probably test this. Somebody should go on there and test it. 
Just go on and, and see if you can actually drop a donation as it, if it works. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Go over to dhunplug.com. There's plenty of places to click the buttons. Click. On the, on the bottom of the chest, uh, the chat system, you can click that over on the site, the front page, any page, inside show notes, in the show notes for episode episode number 669, which is 669. There's some sexual connotation there. You can probably do some kind of combination of what feels good to donate. So please do us a favor. Do yourself a favor. Do us a solid. Do yourself a solid. Go over to DH Unplugged and drop drop a dime. That, is, that, is that right? Drop a dime? Yeah. Uh. Could be. <laughs> Oil. Uh, we talked about this already. Currently trading about 91, 92. So 92 would put it in play for 95. As long as OPEC plus, plus keeps, uh, you know, they have that voluntary production cut they have. Million barrels a day. They're like, yeah, you know, we see the supply demand issue right now. And the problem is it is supply issue. Now, obviously, it's demand too, right? You can't only have only supply or only demand. But there's plenty of capacity and ability for OPEC, OPEC Plus, to be everybody. Pumped. They can crank it out. Crank yeah, it we, out. yeah, that's why there's prices have languished in the high end at the gas station after Labor Day when they should be going down. Mm-hmm. What what is gas here is like three eighty? Yeah, a gallon something like that. Five ninety. That is just in California, a state that requires you to drive. That's just terrible. Yeah, you tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Retail confidence. U.S. retailers will hire the, so here we go, the lowest number of seasonal workers for this holiday season since 2008. You know, they love putting in those dates. Those dates are, they're they're markers, right? They're, they're, They're triggers. It's the Obama number. Yeah. Yeah, but 2008, you know, 2000, 1999, 2000, uh, 2020, March 2020. Everybody knows what these dates are. 9-11, any of those dates you know. It's like your birthday. You know, when somebody says it, your ears perk up. So they're hiring the least number of seasonal workers this holiday season since 2008. Now, by the way, is it possible, before we even go on with this discussion, that they have enough employees because they put a lot on and they haven't fired them so they don't need to hire a lot more or is it just that is heaven forbid that analysis should be out there (laughs) let's let's just look at this as a horrible situation that there's a giant economic tsunami coming that's going to suck us all into just a black hole that that's how this starts off right yeah so this is due to increased labor costs and shaky consumer confidence according to a Report by Challenger, Gray, and Christmas. This company has the annual job of figuring out how many people are being hired or the jolts reports and things like that. That's all they do. This is this is what we pay people for. Challenger, Gray, and Christmas. And the name itself is a bizarre name, I think, for a company. They have too many people working for them. Yeah, so... They should do a layoff. <sighs> Retailers expected to add just 410,000 seasonal jobs this season. Just hang on a second. Just hang us on. I'm going to look something up. Amazon job hiring. Let's see what the news says about that. Uh, let's see here. I'll come back away. Uh, hmm. Here. Let's see what this is. Amazon's going to hire 250,000 employees for the holidays, making it the largest ever annual investment in U.S. hourly wages. I thought it was 300000 you said at the I beginning thought, of the I show. Thought, I thought it was 300000 Sorry. I'm sorry. 
hang on, hang on to the number. Ready? Let's just repeat that. Two hundred fifty thousand. Got that? Yeah. U.S. retailers are expected to add just four hundred ten thousand seasonal jobs this season. So what do we got left? We got one hundred sixty left, right? Sounds right. Macy's. I thought the news on Macy's was that uh, they're going to hire a bunch of people too. I'm a, I would like to get the Walmart numbers. If Amazon's going to be hiring like that, Walmart's got to be hiring probably half as much, at least. I, the whole thing is bizarre where this information comes from. Last year um, was a bit higher. This slightly above. In 2008, there was only 325,000 workers added during the last quarter of uh, the financial recession. Oh, there's Macy's. Macy's hiring 38,000. So between Amazon and Macy's, you have 290. Yeah, you're getting close to 300. Of the 410. Nobody else is hiring? Like you said, Walmart? Yeah, Walmart's got to be a big number. Home Depot? Target's got to be a decent, yep. Yep. (laughs) I mean, I don't get it. So I'm not exactly sure what this means. So So you think the number, why don't you just say it? The number is probably bogus. It's bogus no matter what the number is. They have no ability to, to, in my opinion, this whole this whole retail numbers that they do, you know, what retail sales are going to be, what, what we're going to see, for for example, the, the back-to-school numbers. And and every year, the, the, we st- we're going to start shortly with, this is going to be a good or bad, uh, you know, Black Friday into Christmas, right? A holiday season, we're going to be this or that. We're going to see, the normal thing is they start, we're going to see a 5% increase over last year's numbers. That's where they start almost every time. Then they start adjusting, and it looks better and better, and that gets everybody excited, right? The more you have people hearing that a lot of people are buying things, what do you do? Oh, buy! I'm going to go and buy stuff too. I don't want to. I want to be left to, left to outside, and they're doing it. I'm doing. It. I told you the story about during COVID with my wife with the toilet paper, right? Remember that story? No, yeah, I don't remember this story. I, we have a lot of toilet paper stories in our family. So my wife decides during COVID one day, she brings home a case of toilet paper. I'm like, what the hell? She goes, I got to get more. I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, they're going to run out. I'm like, what, what do you what do you need all this toilet paper? You need toilet paper. They're going to run out. It's You need to have toilet paper. I'm like, honey, take a breath, baby. We got these really cool bidets in our house. You know, these. these- oh, right. You don't even use toilet paper. <laughs> Use a sheet of use like one <laughs> tissue. To, <laughs> to she's wipe like, it. oh, I know, but they, they everybody's buying toilet paper, so I got, I, I think I got to do it too. I'm like, okay, everybody's getting all worked up into you. You've called this. What do you call it? hysteria? Right? Yeah, yeah, mass hysteria. <laughs> this would cause a toilet paper shortage. I had some guy. Well, luckily, one of the listeners to our shows is uh, works at uh, Sherman, the big company. Oh. And during the toilet paper shortage, she sent me a big box of these giant rolls, huge, almost joke rolls of Charmin. It's wow. actually one of the, their better grades, too. And and a, and a holder. So you had this, I posted this on some social media of mine, and it's just a big, giant roll of toilet paper. It's about, I don't know, two or two and a half feet <laughs> two and a half feet in diameter thing Love it. on this special holder, which keeps it off the ground. And uh, it lasts about two months, uh, the one roll. And uh, I just thought that was the greatest. It was a great move by Charmin to make these things. You could order them online, these giant monster rolls of toilet yeah, calm paper. Calm people down. They'd have enough stuff to be upset about. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, you can go and get one of these bidets to fit over your thing. Uh, Toto makes them, and a few other companies make them. They're they're called washlets, and I got to tell you something. They're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you swear by them. Oh, change your life. Let me tell you, change your life. Now, meanwhile, uh, we we have this situation. Point is, and, and wrapping this up, I don't buy any of this. I don't, I'm not believing in this. The only thing I want to mention is you mentioned shows. You know, you probably talked to somebody and one of the listeners from the No No Agenda show, which is, of course, on Thursdays and Sundays, each and every week at 2 p.m. Eastern time, they start with their shenanigans and then wrap it up about three or four hours later, depending on how they feel with all the Great. jingles and the things and going on and uh, incredible amounts of information be between John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry. One of the, well, as they say, it's the best show in the universe. Best podcast in best the universe. Podcast, best podcast in the universe. So uh, go, go find out what it's all about and how you can become a dame and a, a knight and, you know, get your uh, very cool uh, certificates, become producers. Really great production. Great, great, great production. Love it. Well, thank you. Yep. Uh, of course, you can listen to uh, a lower level production, which is the Disciplined Investor, but that's every it's Sunday. Great show. Great show, but we have good, great guests. Another one coming on this week talking about options and currencies and uh, some cool. We're going to talk about the zero date options. It's zero days to expiration options, which is a very hot topic right now. Uh, coming up this week. Uh, let's see. What else we got? NHB housing market. So this is another confidence item here. Uh, now I'm hearing from my all my mortgage broker friends, my originators, bankers, and all my real estate peeps that is very quiet right now. They keep saying the word quiet. They don't say it sucks. It's slow. Quiet. So. I guess sounds like a good buy time to buy. Yeah, well, something's not. It's, prices still haven't come down. That's what they're waiting for. Everybody's waiting for this thing to break finally. So it's coming down. You don't think prices are coming down? I mean, no. This is a, it's a function of the population. That is true. That's very true. It's it's a mechanical process that people have to be housed. Yeah, it's not like Bitcoin. Correct. Yep. And that's why. Uh, I mean, Bitcoin has the same theory of, of limited availability, scarcity. It's kind of like buying a house yeah, in the but, water. Yeah, but it's different than real estate. Yes. Re I like that. Real, real estate. There is that word real in there. Yeah, because yep. it's real. Right. Uh, here's a new story. Oh, well, the other thing is, uh, the one thing that's really, I would say, interesting to note, because they put out some really good earnings lately. You got the big companies like the NARS, DH Hortons, and Pulte coming out with uh, their NHB, the National Association of ha Home Builders Housing Market Index, which is essentially the home builder's confidence looking forward, dropped to a 45 from 50. The consensus was was 50. So that's interesting that they're all of a sudden, they're getting concerned. That was, that was quick. Yeah, very quick. They're all excited. Everything's great. And now their the, the average cost of their homes is staying up and can't keep up with the demand. And then all of a sudden, you got this. Weird story out of Planet Fitness. This is a company that I tried to short several times. I was successful a couple of times for clients uh, back during uh, COVID. And then all of a sudden, everybody, it was really fascinating. It was it, dur during uh, the early People days of COVID. like Planet Fitness. It's, it's a weird situation. Because once you get in, you can't get out. Even if you try to get out of your deal, even though it's $10 a month or $5 a month. It's only whatever, 10 bucks or 5 bucks a month, yeah. You can't get out of it. It's like you not, not, what do you mean? Just don't go. But you, can, you still have to pay. It's like the Columbia Record Club. You can't eat. Once you're in, you're in. 
this is unknown to me. I thought you just paid, you know, when you showed up kind yeah, of thing. No, no, no. You pay monthly. They come in. You got to sit down with somebody. It's all these same same models, all these other fitness Oh, terms. that stinks then. Yeah. It's not like you better pay two bucks. I'm going and I'm paying two bucks for the, for an hour. They got to keep, how, who would, they make no money. But what's weird is in a very stunning move this week, Planet Fitness ousted, ousted. So the company ousted veteran CEO Chris Rondu. Hmm. From his post, stock dropped 15% in the wake of this announcement, hitting a 52-week low. Now, it's ter- here's what gets weirder. Yeah, why did they get rid of him? What well, happened? That, that we don't know yet. But he's temporarily being replaced, and it was sudden. So it must have been some sexual issue, embezzlement, drug use, something like that, right? It's got to be something there. I don't know what, but I'm saying that's the probability. I'm not making any... Listen, don't, don't sue me about what I'm saying, because I could be totally wrong about this. That's usually what happens with the ousting. When you get ousted like that, mm-hmm. you did see. something wrong. Let, let's see uh, if there's any further news. Planet Fitness CEO. Uh, nope. Mm, nope. Nope. But who's coming in? Former New Hampshire Governor Craig Benson is becoming appointed as the interim CEO. Known for his fitness. I guess. I guess. Governor New Hampshire. So he's coming in, which is kind of weird. Probably just a, a board member. So, so you got twofold issues, right? One, the guy was ousted. Second of all, there was no real good succession plan there. Guess not. Yeah. So no wonder the stock tanked. Let's see. Uh, let's see what the stock was. PLNT. Let's see where it moved out today. It was down another five percent today. Let's take a look at the chart on this. This might be a good one to put on the game. This one was as high as I would call it. $80 in March, and now it's 46 PL, What is it, PLNT? Uh-huh. Year-to-date down 40%. Yeah, you know, it's not 100. Five Let's years see. is down 7.6%. Oh, okay. That's pretty ugly. Yeah, the chart's not coming up here on this thing. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, it dropped off a cliff. Mm. Hold on to that thought. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. We've got a shuffle here. Amazon is hiring Microsoft Microsoft's product chief to run the division responsible for Alexa and the Echo. And that follows a story that people were, there's a big scuttlebutt that everybody was really concerned about Amazon's lot, lack of creative advancement in their any of their hardware. When's the last time you heard of like a new piece of hardware out of Amazon? And by the way, I, as an Amazon stockholder, I don't really want them doing hardware. It doesn't seem that, that that's well, their they still They did the Kindle. It was very successful. They did uh, they the, phone. Fire, they a phone. the Fire, the Fire 3D phone, which was a huge, massive flop. Largely because of the fit and finish of the phone itself was just, it was garbage, garbage. And they have, uh, I agree with you. And I don't think, yeah, I guess they, I guess the speakers are the only thing. Yeah, the Alexa, stay with that. That's all great. Uh, Panos Panay, who led Microsoft's Windows team and was central to the company's hardware push with its Surface computers, said he was leaving Microsoft earlier Monday. I guess being picked up. Now, Dave Limp, the longtime Amazon hardware chief, said last month that he would retire from the company before the end of the year. So a little uh, switcheroonie. Dave Limp? Dave Limp. So he limped away? Yes, Dave limped right out of the office. Yep, <laughs> yep. 
And then we got uh, John Stumbolk is coming in. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of hacks to talk about. Hacks. Bubblegum sticking to the rails. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of hacks going on. Clorox. Seeing some selling after an identified unauthorized activity on some of its IT systems and anticipated the event to materially, you never see this word unless it's something really serious, materially weigh on its Q1 results. Somebody got in and is doing some nasty stuff. One of the problems is, they, they, first of all, Clorox didn't specify the degree to which the unauthorized um, activity would impact, but still there's some concern. So the, yeah. the security incident, uh, Clorox already took the proper steps to remediate the issue, but... Yeah, it's called paying them off. Well, there's two things. They shut it off, right? They shut, they shut the inside out, you know, the... Yeah, sure they did. Well, here's the problem. In doing so with this, whatever they did for remediation with regard to technology, not the payment, just technology-wise, Clorox had to engage its manual ordering and processing procedures, causing operations to slow and triggering an elevated level of consumer product availability problems. So, yeah, I'll bet. So they take their orders by hand. They got like little yeah. little scratch pads. Little pads. What do you? How, how much do you want? How many? It's all written on a pad. How many pallets? You got three pallets. I got three pallets over to Walmart West. I got twelve pallets over here. I, got, I think that I think that's a truck. I think it's truck full. All right, we'll try to get it there by Tuesday if we can arrange it. <laughs> uh, yeah, crazy. the logistics guys are long gone. So right. Uh, right. everything's done on a computer. And so you, all of a sudden you uh, you lose the computer. This is, by the way, people should be prepared for this. I always, you know, these systems are dangerous because they're they're unreliable. This kind of thing can happen to anybody. Yeah, exactly. So that's the problem for Clorox. Then you got the other one, this other hack, MGM. Yeah, this was a gem. This is interesting. I didn't really pick this up till just a couple of days ago. I was like, "Whoa, oh, yeah. my! This is um, this is they. Somebody really knew what they were doing. Yep. They got into one system, got into all the systems. It's going to cost the all these guys. I think they first started with uh, Caesar's Palace, and they figured out some some hack, and then they, I guess they figured there was. This, I don't know if the same service. Companies are doing, they don't give you the details, of course, because heaven forbid you'd let the people that know anything, uh, know anything, mm -hmm. uh, but they've, they basically, and they demanded, I have the number they're demanding is like a hundred million or something. Well, um, and they never used the word ransomware. If you noticed. No, what are they called? Cybersecurity issue. Yeah. It's the eighth day of a cybersecurity issue, but that silent stock slot machines are off. That's yeah, what, that's what they get for coming out with those new slot machines. By the way, well, this was years ago. Yeah, they don't have those. Those it's now. It's you know you're going to lose, even though well, they have, they're controlled by computers. You'd have to assume something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's it, the new mechanism. If you hit a big jackpot, you have to wait for somebody to show up. It, there's no money flowing out of the machines anymore. I mean that those days are ended what fifty years ago. Yeah, there's tickets. Now it's tickets, yeah. If you can get a ticket, but the ticket's controlled by the computer. You got no computer running the thing. You can't get the ticket. Right. It's costing $8.4 million per day in daily revenue. Yeah. And if there's a 98% payout, they're still making 2% on that, at least. Yeah, that's the idea. So David Katz, a gaming industry analyst with Jefferies, issued a note estimating that MGM could take a hit of between 10 and 20% of revenue and cash flow, which is enormous. 
The company generates $42 million in revenue and $8 million in cash flow per day. So yeah. we're talking about, you know, $5 million of revenue per day. They're at $8.4 million per day now. But Yeah, one month and you're out of business. Yeah, $40, $50 million just kaput. Which also leads you to, to understand that, God damn, these casino companies make a lot of money on their gambling. You know what they say, right? Casinos were never built on the winners. <laughs> right? All you do is look at the casino and figure it out. Yep. Now, I thought this was a good, uh, this is a good story. Phone seizure. And when I say seizure, I don't mean like an epileptic kind of thing. I mean, European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde seized the mobile phones of her fellow policymakers at this week's meeting and rebuked them for leaking crucial information ahead of the policy decision. So what was going on was all these people are sitting there in the meetings with their phones in their hands and texting people what's going on at the same time. Sure. So this unprecedented move so is- what the, you do with a phone. Yeah. So she said, you know what? Give me your damn phones. So this is the boldest step that she's taken to stop information leaking out from the government council. The 26th member of the governing council were told to hand over the mobile phones on Wednesday, the first day of the meeting, as policymakers were about to pick Claude, uh, Claudia Buch as the ECB's top banking supervisor. There's been- Lots of indications, lots of times you could see there's been leaks there. All right, let's see what we have. Back uh, back uh, end of earnings season, Oracle, not so great. Outlook poor, missed revenue estimates. Stock down was the most since 2002 in one day, 70% after the earnings. First it came out, it was doing really great. I'm looking at the earnings, I'm like, uh, I must be missing something here because I'm not seeing it. You know, I'm looking at the earnings, I'm like, okay, some revenues look okay. The, the outlook looks terrible. And this is not meeting the and, and the growth of the way the, the level of the stock where it was at. None of this makes any sense. And all you got to do is go to sleep and wake up the next day and realize, yeah, everybody else thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kramer Kramer was all a flutter about. It. He says the day be, so so the day before the earnings came out from Oracle, he was going on and on on and on and on. I happened to have it on, I think on my way to the office that day saying that how important this was for markets and the entire AI thesis, all about cloud computing, the strength, the backlog. This is going to be something that's unbelievable. You got to pay attention because what happens here is really going to set the mood and, and give us a lot of indication of where we're going from here. And of course, after that, I was like, well, you know, it was a good report. The, you know, people just didn't really care for it. I'm thinking, oh God, you know, just make it up as he goes, you know? Yeah, that's what he's always done. Yep, always. Oil prices, oil prices, pinching certain areas already. American Airlines and Spirit Airlines on Wednesday, last Wednesday, joined other carriers in warning that higher costs will hit profits during the bustling summer quarter. So all this nonsense about overbookings, incredible amounts of, of, of engagement, record number of TSA, you know, the whole thing that we hear about, right? They're not making so much money. Yeah, well, I was always hoping that Spirit would join forces with United because you could, it'd be like UAL and Spirit. You'd have spiritual airlines. Oh, oh. That's like my desire to put a competing pharmacy store next to Farmore. You know Farmore? No. Oh, there's a store called Farmore. F. You okay. don't have them here. P-H, they're out of business now. P-H-A-R-M-M-O-R-E, like farm. 
I was going to put one next door called Far Less. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's a good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but American Airlines is expected to adjust its earnings per share to come in between now. They're, they're thinking 20 to 30 cents per share. Now, this is down from as high as 95 cents a share. That's a big differential. Now, what are they, what are they, what are they blaming on? One, the higher cost of fuel. Okay, we'll go with that, right? We know that. And of course, the new pilot labor deal. Oh, yeah. So they, they would have about 8% margin. They're now down to 4 to 5%. Spirit Airlines also expects negative, negative margins, negative margins of as much as 15.5% in the three months ending September 30th, down from an estimate of negative 5 to negative 7. This is the airline that you pay for every step that you have to walk in the aisle of the plane. Yeah. I will share with you. I've had some very, very good experiences on Spirit lately. You've taken Spirit. I've I never taken it. I took it okay. twice. I paid up. Is, for is the, it floating? Is it going up and down the seaboard? Or where, where, where I would you get took it? Spirit to where like Nashville hmm. from here. And um, I did another trip to somewhere. I forgot where it was. Uh, oh, it was um, Myrtle Beach. South Carolina. But I paid up. So so the ticket's $80 each way. And then you pay for this and that and this and that. By the time you're done, it's 220 You know? Fine. And then you pay another, I paid another $80 for the upfront seats. Those seats are very comfortable. It's not a real true business class or first class, but it's big loungy seats. Really nice. Yeah, it's kind of like Russian airplanes are it's like great. that. It's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. All I felt, right. I felt, to be honest with you, I felt like I needed to to to, to have one of those little cigarette uh, ashtrays. Remember those on the seats? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the, in the, <laughs> do you remember the, the days uh, of smoking on the planes? Yeah, I do. And 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 it would be the back of the plane that you could smoke, like row. Let's say. Yeah, well, I remember before they had, uh, <laughs> before they started separating. It was in the. I can't remember when they started separating them. So there was the back of the plane. It was the only place you could smoke. So if you went to the bathroom, you were back in the smoking section. It was like, ugh. But it was and like, all these, and the people that smoked on the planes were serious smokers. <laughs> I remember it'd be like row twenty-five to thirty-three were smoking seats, right? Yeah, and they were, and they were all bunched together, and they were all smoking, smoking like crazy, and, and drinking and drinking. Always a drink of the scotches and stuff. But you're in row twenty-four. There's no separation. There's, there's no barrier. There's no like air curtain. You know, it's, you're in smoking. The you might as well be, yeah. <laughs> There's no extra exhaust going from the back of the plane. They just shoved you all together. Oh, good old days, huh? And, and those are the same days that you had. You wore, you wore, a, you wore a button-up shirt and a jacket on the plane. Yeah, you could. What, did you? I got dressed up on a plane. I didn't. I don't know if I ever really got dressed up. I know I didn't wear sandals, which is your big Ugh. complaint. <laughs> I saw a commercial the other day. Some guy was just ripping a guy for going through um, the TSA with no socks on. Ripping him. I was like, oh, what a great commercial. I saw that commercial, yeah. the no socks commercial. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. See, it's not just me. Not just me. So the, the but there's also, I would go to the theater with a, with, with a jacket on. Now they go to the theater. They look like they, 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 they're just fresh off the tennis court. You're talking about the, the Broadway theater. Yeah, Broadway theater. You put on a jacket. You look good. Yeah, I think people used to get dressed up for the Broadway theater. Yeah, not the normal movies. No, not the movies. I'm talking about Broadway. Yeah. 
when you go to a show. Yes, yeah, like when you went to the Theater. opera yeah. or the symphony. You yeah, you get, get dressed up. People at the opera would put, would put tuxedos on. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, now it's now it's anything goes. Now they all dress like Fetterman. Oh, that's, that's a funny guy. I saw some weird pictures of him the other day. Everybody's thinking this masks he's wearing. What's with the mask? What's with that grouping of people that believes that people have masks on? I mean, you do too, I guess. Now I think about it, don't you? You think that what Biden? Do I think what? Then people are opposing his Biden with masks. I think what? That they're wearing fake masks to look like other people, impersonating them. Oh, doubles, body doubles. Yeah, I think there's a few of those around. Uh, seems I, I don't get it. It's safety. That I understand. If you're going to do it for that point, it is. I get it. But, I mean, how are you ever going to have a body double from Biden and really, truly mimic the bumbling that he does? Well, that's impossible. He can't do any speaking. But they, Hillary had a body double once that they showed her, they showed her in New York. She was such a – didn't look anything like her, but they ever went all the news media claimed it was her. And it definitely wasn't. This is the time she was almost passed out on one – and they had to kind of drag her into a limo. Oh, yeah, I remember was, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then she shows up, some other Hillary shows up and waves at everyone, gets in a limo and takes off. It wasn't her. Huh. Ah, the tricky dickies. Tricky dickies. Uh, last on the list right now, before we get to the close to the pin, is, of course, a story about something revolving about, I don't know, Elon Musk. Because every day he has to have some kind of news story, something. Oh, yeah, it's his, it's his job. He, it's not, he, he must have a team that he says, you will have a story that is just outlandish every single day. Yeah. And if and if and if there's something that says something, no about, story, you're fired. Right. If, if they say if anybody downgrades Tesla, you come out with something. Find something that's a light, uh, silver lining on on what's going on, like just throw out the China numbers they got in early, or throw you know something. Although the China numbers did not look good today, I will show you that. Plus, he's being investigated for some, I think, personal use of funds issues. As he's there's a big investigation because well, he hasn't got the money. No, he, in other words, personal use of corporate funds. I think there's an investigation going on or something. Yeah, because he hasn't got enough money. Yeah, no, definitely not. And then everybody, you know, Saudi Arabia wants him to build a, a factory. Germany wants to build a factory. Of course, build a factory. Because factories are not, by the way, factories are not cheap. The cost of factories are not in like, eh, $3 million. It's like a billion dollars to build a factory. Plus, yeah. Which is... Unbelievable. And a lot of it has to do with the the automation, the computers, all that's good. I get that. But he's uh, he's now he's under fire from Israel and Netanyahu and also the ADL who's saying that uh, he's allowing uh, a hate speech on Twitter or X, whatever the hell it's called. Um, and he says, no, 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 no. We don't like any, you know, we won't, no hate speech. He hasn't allowed. done anything on Twitter. Nothing. This is the big joke yeah, of this. Total joke. So he says now, well, you know, you know, got to come up with a new thing, right? Well, well, uh, we're going to make a, the service a subscription service because we need to combat the bots, and those are the ones that are really put up the hate speech. So now the idea is being floated about a subscription price. Would you pay for Twitter? I'd rather not. Yeah, I, I, It's not the way it was presented to me, but the, all these systems that are free forever always seem to crap out. I, I find that uh, I agree with you that- What kind of money does he want? $5 a month, would you pay that? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Unless I saw some benefit to it, but I'm not seeing any 
real benefit to it. To I be think it's gone it. personally downhill dramatically since he took over. Uh, I don't see that either. I thought it was downhill before oh, he took over. Couldn't get much more downhill. All right, uh, we're going to have a game, some stock picks, some things to talk about. But before we do, we got to talk about the close to the pin. We're announcing a new one uh, now, just today. It is open for your entries. The stock is NVIDIA. Ah, good. See how we yeah. did that? That's like that's like beat Bobby Flay and the secret ingredient we kinda, is... We, yeah, I heard that. I heard broccoli. your pause. But we, we teased this and we said NVIDIA on the last yeah. show. Yeah, so we it's had, not like a shocker. No, we had like four or five different choices, but this was the best one of them. I think so. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the game. Here we go. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. You know, we, we've talked about the number of shorts that are on this list, number one. But I think there's another really interesting point here that usually, I think you'd agree with this, usually the shorts are on and off, right? They, they come on, we make the money, then they're, they're gone. That's it. Yeah. Or, or we lose the money and they're gone. Either one, yeah. right? But we got going back to, this is the end of May, June. We have Target on there. That's a long time for a short position that has a 15% stop. Got Tesla, got Netflix, we got advanced micro devices, we got NVIDIA, uh, Beyond Meat is beyond unbelievable profits there. Uh, we have NVIDIA again, twice <laughs> NVIDIA, okay? Yeah, so, it was a blunder. Yeah, but there you go. So pretty cool that those are on. Some of the newer names are not doing as well. Right, we got the new the shorts are, yeah, I think the short thing may be, that trend may be, uh, well... Yeah, it's not terrible, though. Yeah. I have no picks this week ahead of uh, Fed. What do you got? Domo, D-O-M-O. D-O-M-O. Isn't that a, uh, I know what that is. It's, it's, is it a document company? No, it's a software company that does, like, intelligence analysis and stuff like that. It's an interesting company because the founder, one of the founders now, I think he's a CEO now, uh, he's been playing the stock himself. And he's been buying back into it, which is, um, I looked at his rec track record and he, he was selling that stock when it was in the high forties. Mm. Wow. And so he was selling, selling and selling it. Then he was even selling it when it was teens and now it's down to nine or something, nine bucks. I think nine and change. Nine sixty close. And he's now he's buying. Hmm. So he has a reverse course. And, and this is the CEO? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. D-O-M-O. -O. Good. Anything else? No, that's all I got. That's all you got. Well, you know what? We're going to round it to exactly one hour, which is what we do. Perfecto. So, well, how we do it. It's great. So I will see you again uh, next Tuesday, which will be the, 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 the night before I leave on my next venture, or, the ne or a couple of nights before. My next venture is a trip to Barbados. Diving with my uh, son. Oh, you're going to go diving. Okay, well, 
uh, good. I'll be here next Tuesday. We'll talk all isn't about it. Isn't there a, a, a hollow? Isn't there a yes. Jewish holiday coming? What we got? Uh, Sunday night is uh, Erev, and Monday is Yom Kippur, where we cast all our sins and engrave our name. So in the Sunday book of life. is the day. Sunday night, and we fast all day Sunday night through okay, Monday. Okay, Sunday night. I just need it for the No Agenda show uh, donation promotion. Yes, you should. This is, this what is, holiday is it? It's called Yom I mean, Kippur. I'm sorry. What what year is it? Fifty-seven uh, Jewish. Here, fifty, fifty-seven eighty-four. Perfect, $57.84. There you go. And and <laughs> this is this is a way that they can cast off their their sins. Yeah, the sins of not donating to the show. Right, this is what this is. This is how you, you make up for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Yep. Okay, uh, I'll talk to you week. Tuesday. Thanks. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the icy stare because I got a dollar, my last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.